from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The craziest thing about the NBA playoffs is some nights the best team just doesn't win. Some nights you can have a huge lead, you just implode, and all of a sudden, you give it away. What do you do when you just give it away? Because Boston last night, clearly, I think we can all agree, much better than the Hawks, much better than Atlanta. We spent most of the game wondering what Atlanta was even trying to accomplish, yet somehow, someway, Boston implodes, and the Hawks squeak out the luckiest ending we've seen in ages. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. You, you, you meditating there, Harry? You, you meditating? You meditating? Harry's meditating. Oh, you know, the way you came in, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it bothered me a little bit, but then... <laughs> You know, I've learned to do my meditation and do my yoga and take my mind to another place where I wouldn't let things bother me. So, you know, I'm feeling so good because it's funny that you brought up last night. Mm-hmm. And this is Fitz and Harry, y'all, on ESPN Radio, presented by uh, Progressive Insurance. But let me tell you guys, last night was wonderful for me because yesterday on this show, towards the end of the show, I felt like I was being trolled about my Atlanta Hawks. Now, they were able to win a game last night in which the last 25 postseasons, teams that have been down 13 points with at least six minutes to go in that game are 0 in 183. No longer. They are now one team. There's one team that has that win. Now, also in the last 25 postseasons, there have been three players to have 35 points, 10 assists in consecutive games. Damian Lillard, 2016. Kobe Bryant, 2010. And now, Trey Young in 2023. So I'm feeling good. You know what? So good. I, I, I'm feeling so good that Dev, can you help me out with some music just in case people don't understand who Trey Young is? Ice. 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 All right, that's good, Dev. So, six minutes left. Owen, what was it? Yes. Owen, 128. Owen, right? 100, 120, uh, 183. 183, sorry. Owen, yes. 183. So, what you're telling me is that the Hawks went out and got their asses kicked until there was six minutes left in the game and they got the flukiest, wildest, luckiest ending we've seen in ages based on a lucky shot at the very end. Like, you know, it's better to be lucky than good, but like, pot of gold at the rainbow, what are we like? Like, sometimes you win a, sometimes you buy a scratch off lottery ticket and that's how you pay your mortgage, but you don't rely on that night after night. I mean, this is just, a little, little bit of luck rubbed off there. A tra- is there a song? Do you oh, have any songs that, that are like the luck of like, like give me anything with lucky in it? Like because all I'm hearing, well, well, all I'm hearing this. is they were getting killed by the Celtics till the Celtics gave it away. The Celtics I, imploded. I know this. You know this Celtic team that a lot of people have uh, high hopes for this season, mm-hmm. right? I know Milwaukee was a lot of people's pick, but the Celtics were a lot of people's second pick, and a lot of people's also first pick. Now, here's what I'll say about Trey Young, a guy who had 38 points last night, actually 16 points in the fourth quarter, so they had no answer for Trey Young. John Collins stepped up. He had 22 points. He had seven in the fourth quarter. But it's something about those arenas that end in Garden that Trey Young just loves playing in. 
Madison Square Garden. We all know what he did to the New York Knickerbockers two or three years ago. Oh, you ago. went full Knickerbocker. Okay. Oh, yeah. We know what he did to the New York Knickerbockers. Then last night at TD Garden, you have Jalen Brown, who's a Georgia native, Georgia product. We had him on KJM when me and you hosted that day fits. Uh, went to Wheeler High School, not far from where I live right here in Georgia. Trey Young clutchly hit a three in Jalen Brown's face. And, and then he, the, the part I love the most is that he rubbed his shoulders ice cold, ice tray. That's all I have to say, Fitz. Okay. Ice cold, okay. ice tray. It's a big, like, uh, you know, it's a big win for Atlanta. It's a big, and we celebrate Harry because Atlanta and, and Harry are, are intertwined, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And, and there's Good no doubt about Trey Young. You're right. Uh, there is something about Trey Young in the playoffs on the road that just sort of hits different. We spent yesterday talking about, like, playoff Jimmy Butler and how, like, playoff Jimmy Butler just hits different. Well, Trey Young just hits different on the road. Even he uh, talked about his mindset on the team's final possession in the press conference. I mean, we were down one, so I was really trying to get a layup. Uh, I was really trying to get into the paint, and uh, we had enough time to, that I could get the ball and dribble down and try to create something. And if someone helped, I was still had enough time to get somebody else the ball too. So, but uh, but Jalen was backing up pretty pretty hard, and uh, I think he was expecting me to get try to go by him and get to the basket and either get a layup or a floater or, or try to draw a foul. So. I could tell he was backing up, and then Marcus was sprinting up to the trap. And then at that point, I looked up, and it was only like three, four seconds left, maybe two. So it was. Uh, I just had to trust in what I've done my whole life and just shoot it with confidence. <laughs> you heard him. What I've done my whole life, shoot with confidence. You know who wasn't confident? Jalen Brown, because he was backing up entirely too much. Entirely too much. Double team, too late. Marcus Smart, you tried to come too late for the double team. But also, Joe Mazzulla. How do you let your team fall apart like that? Marcus Smart had boneheaded play after boneheaded play down the stretch of that ball game. Jason Tatum only shot, what, 8 for uh, 21 from the field, only had 19 points. Come on, Celtics. But you know who prevailed? The Atlanta Hawks. And they did it without their second leading scorer, DeJounte Murray, who will be playing in game six right here in the ATL. Well, and it is interesting because at at the end of the day, there is some conversation about what this means for Boston, right? They implode, they lose. However, a, a great win for Atlanta, but significant to your point, the series keeps going. So if you're Philly, you're looking. If you're Joel Embiid, you're looking over saying, "Oh man, oh, man I love getting a few extra days rest." Like the the one sort of thing that I think we've echoed throughout. Whether it's we're talking about Milwaukee, who's in a virtually impossible three one deficit right now, we all know how hard that can be. We still believe in Milwaukee on this show, but you know how hard. That that can be. Now you're the Celtics, you're adding an extra game. Like the the thing about the NBA playoffs, sometimes we forget is that it is such a gauntlet, much like the Stanley Cup playoff, too. I'll say the same thing. It is such a gauntlet. It's such a long second season that extra games early in this process is just wildly unnecessary to what you need for the end of this the end of the run. Like you gotta have some fresh legs left. So it feels like this is a huge benefit for a Philly team that now gets a little bit more time to get healthy and uh, and and see what they can be for the the Celtics who get dragged into another game. Yeah, you even had Joel Embiid like tweet a message last night about the game about Trey Young hitting that shot. And if you were Boston, you were hoping to win this game because game one of that series would have started Saturday. Now, I think game one of that series won't start until Monday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Monday or later. But that gives Joel Embiid for the Philadelphia 76ers that much more time to rest, you know, his injured body. Yeah, and that's the he hit him. Uh, we've got it up if you're watching this in the app. It says that's some good hoops. Hi, uh, hashtag ice tray. 
Uh, you know, so obviously to your point, yeah, if you're if you're the 76ers, you just want this thing to drag out. And if you're Atlanta, you get the wild win here, but you do get to go back home for the next game, right? So like yeah. you, you feel like you're going to have game 6 against a Celtics team that obviously didn't think they'd be there, but if you're Atlanta, it gives you a little bit of momentum, right? Like you got to feel a little more confident. Well, especially cuz you got to win without your second best player, right? And so you were able to get a win on the road in TD Garden against the Boston Celtics, and we all know how good that team is, and you didn't have your second-best player. You can have all the confidence in the world in game six when you're going to be at home. But I will tell you this, they're going to have to tighten up their defense. But it's not like Boston has been playing. Like the Boston Celtics that we, that we got to know last year, playing that stifling defense from January on all the way up until the uh, Eastern Conference Finals because I didn't think they played it in the, in the NBA Finals. Like we haven't seen that team yet in this series. They, they are allowing the Hawks to have their way and shoot all over them and score baskets in the paint frequently. So I think they're, they're going to have to step up their defense and also Atlanta. You look at the bucket that Jason Tatum passed to Robert Williams down the stretch to go up in that game late, and like you see four white jerseys, Hawks jerseys down there. Like, How does that even happen? So both teams, I believe, in game six, they need to tighten up their defense a lot more. One question we asked going into the playoffs was, can you trust the coaching for the Celtics? Last night was one of the rare times that the answer to that question looked like, well, there's some work to do. Oh, now he's pulling out the Trey Young jersey. Dev, can I get that music one more time, please, Dev? We're pulling out the Trey Young jersey at this point. You know, this this is, I don't know how I feel about this. Trey Young jersey out there. You didn't put it on, though. Like, could have wore the jersey. <laughs> Dress for well, success. Wearing that jersey is not dressing for success. Oh, my God. Evan, coming off the top rope. Off the top rope with that. Oh, what? it's gonna it's gonna be a long year for Evan. Evan is praying that my Atlanta Falcons don't have a good year. I'm hoping that they do because it's gonna be a long year for my boy Evan. Evan is on one today because just like Harry's on one, the Hawks get a win last night. Evan's on one because Aaron Rodgers uh, arrived to the Jets facility wearing a Jets hoodie, and apparently that was enough uh, to really take Evan to places we didn't know he could go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm wildly uncomfortable. I am comfortable telling you though, by the way, Aaron Rodgers will speak today. Two o'clock, we will cover that live. So you will hear Aaron Rodgers speaking to the New York media for the first time on this show. We will give you the first reaction to it. We will cover it as it happens. You will hear directly from Aaron Rodgers, no delay. So uh, we want to make sure you know that two o'clock Eastern will be right on top of the Aaron Rodgers saga. All right, coming up, boy, game four, the Lakers-Grizzlies series tells you everything you need to know about game five tonight. We'll explain it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. LeBron, top of the key with Xavier Tillman on him. LeBron drives to the rim. He's going for two. Lays it up. And in. LeBron driving to the rim. And in. Cross off foul. LeBron flexing in front of the crowd. I was able to make a couple plays to help us be successful. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Top of the key with Xavier Tillman on him. LeBron drives to the rim. He's going for two. Lays it up and in. LeBron driving to the rim and in. Cross off foul. LeBron. 
that passion, that grit to want to be on top and to want to put his team in position the right way to be successful. And that's what you saw. I was able to make a couple plays to help us be successful. I'm going to have a wild amount of bad medicine to take in tonight if things don't go my way in one particular NBA matchup. That's right. Lakers. Grizzlies. I got to admit, I didn't, feel a, I, I, I didn't wake up feeling dangerous today, Harry. I'm, I'm a little scared. It's Fitz and <laughs> Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Here's the thing that, that really sort of scares me at some point. Uh, we've said so many times that the path to a win, typically for the Lakers, is to go through AD. I know you believe that. I know we've talked a lot about it on the show. What keeps hitting me is that in the last game, AD was what he can be at times. Uh, there, there are times that part of the inconsistency of the Lakers has been almost a passiveness from Anthony Davis or a little bit less energy. I don't want to say passive from anybody at that level, but you know what I mean. Like It just feels like there are times that he's not taking it to him, right? And it felt like that was the case in the last game, and Memphis still found a way to lose. If Memphis had won that game that they led with .8 seconds to go until LeBron tied it and they eventually lost in overtime, if Memphis had, had won that game – 2-2 in this series, I feel wildly confident because you can take a punch or two from AD and still survive. The problem is, at 3-1, now I just am left to wonder if there's a part of Anthony Davis that knowing that he was a little flat last time comes out with the Thunder of the Gods, full He-Man mode. And if that's the case tonight, I don't know how the Grizzlies slow that down, especially without Steven Adams, which has been a problem all series. And I also don't know how you stop the Lakers in this matchup if that's what happens. And you look at the game, uh, I think the one game that um, Anthony Day balled, balled, really, really balled out, where he had 31 points, 17 rebounds. And then he had another game where he had 22 points, 12 rebounds, and seven blocks. He is the catalyst for everything, but I think, you know, the Lakers are looking at everything from an overhaul perspective in this playoff so far. It's like, you know, our role players have really been phenomenal. Our role players, especially in these three wins, have stepped up tremendously in two of the wins that they actually have and have, has made plays for him to the point to where you had Hachimura averaging 18 points per game right now in this playoff series. You have Austin Reeves averaging 17.8 points per game and is the best scorer in the fourth quarter for this Lakers team. If they get a monster game out of Anthony Davis tonight, one of those 35 points, 17, 18 rebounds, I would even say 15 rebounds plus, the Memphis Grizzlies might be going home because we know LeBron is going to be LeBron. But if Anthony Davis is hitting on all cylinders and being a dominant force offensively and also on the defensive end, the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies might be going home and this series might be over with. Well, and you, you mentioned the role players. I know we've talked a lot about them and everybody's fallen in love with them, but it, it's also a you can't let everybody beat you, right? Like, yeah. uh, how often yep. do we go into this? And, and you knew this when you were playing in the NFL, that there were certain guys that they were going to try and take away. In the NBA, there's certain guys that you just want to try and take away. And one thing that we've really liked about Phoenix all the way through this run is that they have a lot of different ways to beat you in a playoff series. You take one guy away, somebody else can beat you, right? That's the, the method. Well, if you're the Grizzlies, uh, you can't let LeBron go off, or AD, depending on the game, and all the role players. Like, you're just not stopping anybody. And for a team that's out here talking the talk as much as they're talking, let's acknowledge the fact that they lost that last game, 117-111 in overtime, in large part because when they needed stops late in the game, they couldn't get them. And, and like, great defense in the NBA today is about getting stops in key moments. It's not about holding a team to 60 anymore. It's about getting the stops when you need the stops. And Memphis was completely incapable of doing that. So if AD yep. goes off tonight, they're screwed. 
I think it's also um, getting the stops where you need to get the stops is very important, but also winning the games that you should probably win is important. And this is two years in a row that the Memphis Grizzlies are actually dealing with the situation, Fitz. They should have won game one of the series last year, second round against the uh, Golden State Warriors, right? And they didn't, and we knew how the rest of that series went. You got John Moran getting hurt. You got Dylan Brooks getting kicked out the whole nine. Now that series history, the Golden State Warriors going to win the NBA Finals. When you're supposed to win games that you're supposed to win, especially when you're up, you got to win them, especially when you're up seven points with, with about five minutes to go in that game. If you're the Memphis Grizzlies and Anthony Davis hadn't been playing well up until that point, you got to close that one out. you got to figure out a way diving deep from the defensive end, but also your guys on the offensive end has to make plays. You can't afford uh, turnovers late in games. You also can't afford missed layups because those things come back to haunt you, in which it did in game four. Now the Lakers are up 3-1. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. We all know how great LeBron has been. Jalen Rose, ESPN NBA analyst, said this on NBA Today on how LeBron is willing to the Lakers to their wins. It's about his leadership, his development as a player, and also for LeBron, playing off the ball, allowing Austin Reeves to be an initiator and be aggressive. D'Angelo Russell hit three big threes late in, in the game. And also sacrificing his body. Those charges that he took are game-changing plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Because if LeBron's giving up his body, guess what? The other 14 guys got to fall in line. The last play against Dylan Brooks going left and then the roar of the crowd, that was personal. It was great to see the King dominate the way he did on both ends of the floor, but his leadership in particular is willing these Lakers to victory. That last play that Jalen Rose just talked about, LeBron James going to his left, we got to remember there was one point where Dylan Brooks was saying, just force him left, just force LeBron left, and you'll be good. Well, you forced him left. And he still found a way. And he let the crowd know that I'm here and I've arrived and I've been here. Dylan Brooks, we still waiting on you, my man. Uh, yeah. uh, well, that's the, the, you know, the thing. When you say it that way, it just hits me. How many people are we still waiting to have that, oh, my God, hell yes moment for Memphis? We're not waiting for anybody to have that for, for the Lakers. That's the difference in this series. Like, you know, Ooh, and, I'm, and I'm even listen. I'm going to take it a step further, Fitz. If they lose this first round game, remember I had little questions about Taylor Jenkins early in the earlier uh, about two months ago when we had this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. When Memphis was going through the things that they were going through, they lose this first round uh, playoff series to the Lakers. How many questions are we going to have about Taylor Jenkins? Uh, I, everything's up in the air if Memphis loses this series. You can't yep. be the number two seed year in and year out and then face the same issues in the playoffs without looking. And frankly, the organization this year has had so many issues in general. You have to look at the entire structure of what you're doing, the way you've constructed the roster, and ask yourself if you got the right pieces in place. You know, It's a, it, it's funny because even Jalen's breakdown of some of what's worked for the Lakers, talking about, well, LeBron allows this person to shoot and that person to shoot. It's also about those guys coming up big and I know you know you always say LeBron's my goat but let's let's go back to the the your goat right part of the glory of your goat was watching Craig Hodges or you know John Paxton or one of those guys just go Steve out Steve Kerr hit yep. those shots they, those guys hit those shots and that's what's happening right now for the Lakers that was the the variable that I did not think you could rely on was consistency from any of them so far it looks like I was wildly wrong and we'll see tonight if Memphis has that dog in them you know what I mean like there, there's a yep. moment of like 
I want to see Memphis come out and give the Lakers the fight of their life. I want the, I want to see the care, the give a damn we've waited so much from Memphis in this game. Because if they don't have it, I, I agree with you. It's well, every, every single possession has to count tonight for Memphis. Guys got to get the loose balls. They got to win the 50-50 balls. They got to get rebounds. They can't allow offensive rebounds. You got to defend. You got to dig down deep. Remember how the Duke players used to smack the floor when it was time to play defense and Coach K would be in his suit screaming, let's go! That's how, that's how it has to be for Memphis tonight. All right. You, you, your back is against the wall. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, and I'll just hide from my menses if it doesn't work. Coming up, <laughs> the Jets have a new quarterback, one of their brightest young stars, one of the best young stars in the league will join us to react to the Aaron Rodgers deal. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. It's official. The trade that we've been waiting for finally has been agreed to. Aaron Rodgers is being sent to the Jets, and the Jets have a quarterback, and the Packers have extra draft capital. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Ultimately, we still have a lot of work to do to get to where we need to go. This is the best thing that has happened to the Jets since they drafted Joe Namath. I know people are going to say that sounds like hyperbole. I don't believe it's hyperbole. You just added the one thing that is your problem. You fixed your Achilles heel. You got a quarterback. And frankly, if it gives you a better shot at the Super Bowl right now, you'd be asinine to not make this move. This is a perfect move for New York, and I don't think it could have overpaid for it. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm not going to lie. It's White Boy Wednesday. And uh, I sent the whole 80s, uh, 80s hairband playlist to Devin this morning, so I'm feeling really good so far. A little Bon Jovi in here. Uh, look, Harry, I'm going to take you to places you didn't know you could go. All right, you're, you're going to go right down the path of 80s hair metal today, and uh, you're welcome in advance, my friend. Uh, uh, we're going to have a, a Jet superstar. We have him? Okay, I didn't know we had him already. My bad. I'm stalling. He's already there. Sauce Gardner, Jets superstar, defensive rookie of the year, and now that he's joining us again, we can say friend of the show because Sauce has been on with us before. That means we're all besties. Uh, Sauce, we talked to you in January. You told us you knew something was coming at the quarterback spot now that we know what that something is did you did you know all the way back then like did you have a spidey sense that it was going to be Aaron Rodgers uh, yeah I kind of felt that it was going to be uh, A-Rod you know what I mean I don't know what it was but I just had a feeling you know what I mean so yeah and so, so I got to ask you man what, what was your reaction when the deal finally went through and was complete that you knew you was going to have A-Rod as your quarterback for the Jets next season I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I was in a I was in a barber chair when I found out it had popped up on TV, and uh, my barber had tapped me. I don't know why, but like when I first looked up, I thought I seen my name. I thought I had got traded. Like my heart had dropped a little bit. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I was excited. <clears throat> first thing I did, I had text a rod. I I just texted him, said yes, sir, with some exclamation uh, points, and. You know, he was he was like, yeah, bro, it's on. See you soon. So, 
you know, I was just excited, and I'm sure he was as well. So I want to get, like, a real reaction from you on what it means in a locker room. Because, like, Harry's talked about it when he played and what, you know, what it was like when a Hall of Famer came into their locker room and what it did for everybody. For you guys that are getting ready for this season, what energy does it add to you guys knowing that you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback now? Uh, it adds a lot of energy, you know. Um, one thing about our defense, we're not going to let that make us complacent. You know, we're going to just – work even harder to try to get him the ball back because we know what he can do with, with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, man, it just adds even more hunger to the defense and I'm sure uh, the offense as well. And so, so I got to say, I, I think you guys left a major impression on Aaron Rodgers. You got to practice against him last year um, during training camp a few times. Also, you guys were able to go go to Lambeau and get that victory. That's back when you, you know, wore the cheese head. And I know you burnt that thing now. That was part of the process of getting A-Rod. You had to burn it and let it go. But how, how do you think moving forward, man, uh, going against A-Rod in practice is going to help you guys' defense? I ain't going to lie. I know he's going to get me better. You know, I know he's going to make some throws that any quarterback can't make. You know, um, that's what I'm here for. And that's why I'm glad he's here. You know, he's going to allow me to get get uh, extremely better. You know, I remember <clears throat> going into the week when we had to play Green Bay, you know, like trying to get a beat on him and just try to break break down his film. It was kind of hard. You know what I mean? So being able to just go against somebody like him in practice day in and day out, I know it's going to make me a lot better and it's going to make, it, um, make me a lot better so I can perform even better on Sundays. How much different is this year right now for you, Sauce? Because, like, for anyone that doesn't know, obviously you went to Cincinnati, you were drafted last year. Now you're going into the second year. How, how are you feeling different than where you were a year ago right now? Uh, honestly, man, I don't even feel that much different. You know, I, I feel as hungry as I was when I first came in, if not hungrier. You know, I'm just I'm just looking forward to the season. Like, one thing I can say, like, time flew by because, I'm already going into year two. You know, that's which is kind of crazy. You know what I mean? But, yeah, man. I, I would say this, too. Um, I, I know you're a young player. You're going into your second year. But I don't think leadership has an age on it. I think if you're a leader, you're a leader. Um, what's the most important thing for y'all, not just defensively, <laughs> but as a team, going into this season with high expectations? Um, just blocking out the outside noise. You know, like just focusing on ourselves and creating a stronger bond and stronger brotherhood than we had last year. You know, I know we got some new guys on the team, so we got to just structure the team even more. You know what I mean? Structure the locker room, structure everything even more. You know, continue to create a strong bond so that way we know we plan for the man next to us on Sundays. What kind of advice would you give? I mean, the draft tomorrow, the guys that are about to have their lives changed the way yours changed a year ago, what advice would you give them? Man, I would I would just say, I would say, man, just the sky's the limit. You know, don't limit yourself to anything. You know, and um, I'm just excited to see the rookies come in and help change the game even more. I feel like uh, me, uh, Garrett, Breeze, Jermaine, Tariq, Willen, like all of us, like we 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 starting to get our foot in the door a little bit, and we just trying to change the game. So, you know, we're gonna be the next generation. So, yeah, man. Um, just come in, come into the uh, facility, um, and be a sponge. Be willing to soak up information from the coaches and the vets. You know what I mean? Just just listen. Um, that's the main thing. Be coachable. 
So, most importantly, right now, you're in Kansas City. You're going to be hanging out with everybody, defending your Call of Duty title against new draftees. I got so many questions here, but most importantly, where's there more trash talk? In a Call of Duty game or on the field? Um, <clears throat> I'll probably say on the field. That a baby sauce. That a baby sauce. I'm naturally nice in Call of Duty. Like, I don't even know if I want to, if I want to win a belt. Uh, if I want to win another Call of Duty belt, I might let whoever um, got a couple more kills than me. I might just let him win. Like, I didn't even. Yesterday, I brought my controller, my scuff controller, but today I didn't even bring it. You know, I want somebody else to win it. Wow. So did you get like a big championship belt? Like you get to hold on to that thing forever? Like what? What, what surprise here? What yeah. surprise sauce? Yep, I got a, um, a championship belt from last year in Vegas when I was getting drafted. When it all started, you know, it was like a two minute challenge who can get the most kills, and you know, I got the most kills. But yeah, I think I'm gonna let somebody else do it this year, man. Is there one person that you've got your eye on that you think is ready for that that responsibility of the Call of Duty throne? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure. All right. All right. Good question. All right. Hey, you know what? I, I, I love you, you know, spreading the love to everybody and giving it to everybody else. It's also uh, incredible that you guys are getting to do that. Well, you love stuff. that. I love that sauce talk on that football field. You know, I'm a big right. fan of that. I like when guys make plays mm-hmm. and they let the guy know beside them, now get up, boy, so I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, my that's the mild tone version, Sauce. That's the mild tone yeah, version. You know, we, 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 we on TV and radio. We, we got to be mild tone right, right now. Yeah, yeah. Sauce, man, <laughs> we appreciate man. your time. Best of luck with the Call of Duty. Uh, give it out to somebody gracefully. Make it look like you, you tried your best so they don't feel the pity on it. But most importantly, can't wait to watch you kick ass next season. Good luck with the Jets. It's going to be a special year for y'all. All right, thank you. That's Sauce Gardner, Jets uh, corner and defensive rookie of the year. It, it, why, there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers, and notice I waited until Sauce was off with us to say this, there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers is, are we sure he's off? Okay. There's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers even makes the Jets a playoff team. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are Fitz and Harry. Man, they, they ticked you off, huh? I mean, they ticked you off, my man. I, that, that, I'm just saying, like, let, we make these things so complex. Like, uh, but I, I love the fact you said it with your chest, too. Like, you, you said it with your chest. You know what? I'm out here. I'm just out. I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'm out in these streets now. That's what's happening. I'm out of these. I'm out here. He said, I'm out here. Oh, I'm, my God. I I'm see out of these fit. streets. Please I clip that off. Evan and Devin, please clip that off. Please. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We got show controversy. I I know we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers because we work for ESPN and it's contractually an obligation. But, Harry, we got some show controversy. Uh Uh-oh, what Uh, happened? It's Stress for Success Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And I... I, look, Evan has invested. I, I got to give Evan some credit. Even though he shops at Kids R Us, he has invested 
in some quality items. Quality items for Dress for Success. Yes, today, he has. Today and he's I got like a nice that, jacket with a good like spring. It's got like that spring color pa- uh, pla- palette going with the shirt and uh, the pocket square. It looks good. Oh, Liam's just trying to sneak out now. Uh, but Liam, Devin, don't you go anywhere, I, Liam. We'll make this whole segment about you. Devin, question number one is, Devin, what in the hell are you doing for Dress I'm for Success? I'm looking good. What, tell the people what you're wearing. I'm wearing yeah, a nice little, little sweater. Yeah. You're not wearing a you're wearing a I got pullover. nice shoes on you can't see. It's you're wearing a, a pullover. Zip. It's a quarter zip. A quarter zip. Yeah. You're wearing a quarter zip. It's getting hot outside. I didn't want to wear a tie underneath. You know, it's 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 spring. You look like an Eddie Bauer manager that mailed it in and missed your lunch break. That's <laughs> what you, you look like right Thank now. Thank you so much. I mean, what do we do? What Liam, you don't you don't have to wear a tie to dress for success. And, and you Liam, can wear a nice collar shirt with a coat. Uh, and have the buttons unbuttoned at the top. And, and Liam, who, who can't hear us, Liam doesn't even have headphones. Okay, Liam's one of our bosses. Liam came in, and he's wearing like a button-up shirt. It looks like he's like an old guy in Florida that lives in like a retirement area, and then he, <laughs> he was going to play nine holes of golf, but it's a little chilly, so he grabs his wife's cardigan and just throws that on, and that's what he's going to walk around in for the day. He might just like, like, Liam looks like somebody that openly passes gas in the grocery well, store I will while say this, he's though. getting his milk goods. He, like, he's dressed we, better than Devin is. What do I do? Fitz, you look like a struggling jazz singer in Las Vegas who's that, still trying to make it. <laughs> I look he may not be successful, but he's dressed for it. I look sparkly, you son of a biscuit. I look sparkly, okay? You know what? And by the way, I don't think that's necessarily a bad. Look, I was going more for Vegas magician that was a magician that's past his prime, but you know, I'll go for jazz. Yeah, you're achieving it for sure. Wow. You know what? Devin's, just, uh, Devin's mad because he's in a court. Devin, I'm, we're going to have to, we're gonna, we're gonna have to step this up, Devin, especially when it comes when the fall comes and it's football season, dress for success. We're going to have to really step things up, okay? Yeah. I'll give you a little leeway from spring and summer, Do but we, when the fall comes, we're going to have to step it up a notch. Hey, Devin, Devin, when's your birthday? Uh, June 28th. Okay. Maybe You're for your birthday. Stuff? Maybe for your birthday, you ask your mommy to get you some actual <laughs> dress clothes. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. We are just on one this afternoon. I don't know what's going on. I also know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be live at 2 p.m. He's going to be talking to the Jets media for the first time. You will hear that. We will cover it. We will have all of it for you. You will hear it as it happens, and we will react to it in live time. So you don't want to go anywhere at 2 o'clock. But here's the funny thing. We just talked to Sauce Gardner now that he's far enough away. Can I just say, like, I, I I love the move. I love the trade. I think it's spectacular. I understand the excitement. Still doesn't mean the Jets are a lock for the playoffs. To me, like the AFC is wild this year, and that's okay. Like there are going to be good teams that miss the miss the playoffs this year because there's so many great teams in this conference. You know who I have winning this division? Buffalo. I'm gonna go with the Jets. I'm gonna go okay. ahead and sit, let you know right now. Okay. And I know you have the bill, so if you want to put another wager on it, go ahead and do it. It's, mm-hmm. Be my guest. Mm-hmm. I I just love what the Jets have. Uh, from their uh, overall standpoint as a, from a, as a, as a team, uh, totally. You look at the offense, you have the quarterback, you have the skill position players. I know they're going to address the offensive line uh, in this draft on top of, you know, two guys coming back off an of injury and Vera Tucker and also Makai Becton. But defensively, the energy is going to be there because that side of the ball, understanding what they had to go through last season without a prominent quarterback um, under center, giving them an opportunity to win week in and week out. Now they have that, so they're going to be that more uh, more juiced up to want to go out there and perform at a high level, in which they did last year without that quarterback. Here's what's interesting to me, and Dan Orlovsky, I'm stealing this directly from you, Dan. You're smarter than all of us. But when you start to look at well, – not all of us. You're smarter than me. Uh, Speak for yourself. Yeah, no, I corrected it. You know, smarter than me. <laughs> he points out, it just in the AFC, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson – Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, 
Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Herbert, one of those quarterbacks, just by by numbers, that's eight quarterbacks. One of those quarterbacks simply won't make the playoffs. That doesn't even include Tua and whatever he looks like this year. Uh, if according to Arlovsky, who we all know loves Mac Jones, even though I don't, uh, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, if he takes a step forward, any of these rookie quarterbacks, like there are eight high-level quarterbacks, and one of them will be sitting at home when the when the playoffs start next year, and that's what's wild. That's why I'm trying to like measure all the expectations here, because I think this year there are just there by by the numbers, sheer numbers, there's going to be a great quarterback on a really good football team that misses the playoffs. Well, I think when you look at You look at things from a division standpoint, right? You look at the AFC East. You're going to have, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa. I would just throw Mac Jones in there because I know the Patriots aren't going to lay down. But you have three prominent quarterbacks that, you know, things could go any way for their ball clubs uh, based on how they play the game of football. You look at the AFC North and you have Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Joe Burrow. And we're not even mentioning Kitty Pickett, but things could, you know, swing their way knowing what their defense has been the last few years when T.J. Watt is on the football field. They're going to address their offensive line needs. But then you move over to the AFC West, and you have a, a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert. And also you And also you have a, a Russell Wilson who's looking to revitalize his career with his head coach and also uh-huh. as his new offensive coordinator. And then Wait, you, you have the Raiders, well, you have the Raiders who are just going to be sorry as hell. Sorry. Oh, my God. This is, this is. Wow. You know what? I take back my sparkly jacket. You don't, you're not worthy <laughs> of my sparkly. My team might not be good, but you know what? The only thing prettier than the sparkly jacket is my team's quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, the, the, we can all agree on that. Jimmy G might, might not be great, but he is spectacularly beautiful. Uh, you mentioned three of the four divisions. The other division is one that Trevor Lawrence is in that obviously yep. we, we all know he has the opportunity. I think the Titans are in the market for a quarterback in this year's draft, which becomes interesting for them. The Colts are obviously in the market for this year's draft. And the Texans are also sitting there. Like, there is a chance that you could, if if everybody just went chalk with this draft, Harry, and, and just took these quarterbacks that are really good, the quarterback gauntlet is just unthinkable. I've never seen anything like it for the AFC. No, I haven't seen anything like this in a long time, but uh, I can't wait to see all these guys compete at a high level against one another to see who's going to have those spots at the end of the year to, um, to uh, try to compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah, and all of this only leads me to more realization to why teams reach at this time in the, in the draft because when you're facing these quarterbacks, you have to. From the trade block to one of the one one of the greatest shots in playoff history, one superstar has changed the narrative wildly in two weeks. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 